0: Questions?
1: The last figure, what, what you've really highlighted is basically there are workers who are paid a fixed salary. There are the owners who take 100% of the risk, but they get 100% of the profit. So in other words, if the business does well, the workers don't do any better, but the owners do well. If the business does badly, the workers don't suffer, but the, the owners suffer. So is the, the way to get around this, basically, instead of paying a fixed salary, so say, well, I'll pay you X percent of the of the profits, which means on you know if the business does well, the workers do well; if the business does badly, the workers do badly, and that
0: shares the risk and the shares the profits. Is that a way? Uh, yeah, uh, in regards to the, uh, two things about that. Uh, the first is, uh, if things go bad, the workers go bad as well because uh, normally the first cost that you reduce is, is uh, labor, so you let go of a lot of people when, when things go bad. Uh, so it is a risk for everybody if, they, if the organization is not doing well. Uh, and secondly, uh, yeah, the whole proposal is to actually uh, turn organizations into mostly uh, employee-owned organizations, so that way the risk is, is, is within. If anything happens, everybody knows about it and they, 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 they basically they, they bear the responsibility as well as the profit if there is any.
1: Um, This is sort of a question for the for you guys um, in terms of cooperatives. Um, I'm like so on board, but the real question I have is about um, culture. And it was brought up yesterday in terms of we don't have in the West a culture of obligation. Um, And just wondering if either of you have given any thought to how, because from my understanding of this kind of model, you it's it's an investment of um, it's an emotional investment. you know, you're really committing to this thing as an employee owner, um, and that like makes me a bit uncomfortable because I've grown up in this world or in this economy where it's like I'll just do what I want, I can quit whenever I want, and yeah, just wondering if either of you had thoughts about that. Yeah,
0: I would say. Okay. Um, So it's not the case that all cooperatives have to be owned. Um, in my particular case, the cooperative where I work, um, it's owned by another organization and we're seen as the managers or the stewards of the cooperative so we can come and go Um, and if people want after a six month period of uh, proving themselves to be a reliable employee and um, to be astute, they can then apply for directorship if they want to but not everyone who works there is an owner straight away, not everyone wants to take that leap. Yes,
1: I'm just going to ask about uh, social media. Uh, Annika and Cade, um, Today, people have tremendous power to change governments, more than they've had for a long time, through social media, the likes of GetUp and Change.org and others. You didn't mention those. Um, I mean, they've actually brought down governments in the Middle East. Um, Why not mention those as a means of, uh, social media as a means of gathering opinion and pressuring governments to make changes? Do you want to go first?
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's also a good example. I mean, there are many things I could have referenced in my talk about communities having voice and trying to get back control, but I was looking more at examples of um, where communities came together to directly kind of write, sort of, Mm -hmm. and constitutionalise their rights. Um, And so, yeah, social media did play a big role in pretty much all of those examples I gave, where... Um, you know, a lot of the time the forums were public so people could watch and view the deliberations online as well and make comments, so it was very directed towards, yeah, creating these kinds of constitutionalized documents, but, um, yeah, we do have a lot more of a voice to, you know, with, with social media to kind of voice our opinion, but I think the key is that um, and establishing a way that we can, that is actually heard by the government and actually Implement it. So, creating your community momentum is really important. That's what Get Up is really doing. Um, but also setting up a forum where you can have the government kind of really um, kind of forced into listening to you through these kind of rights-based documents. Can really
0: effective too yeah uh, I, yeah I, I did think that there was a lot of uh, mentions of social media especially the Icelandic examples Annika's talk um, yeah there's no reason why social media is it's another tool one of many it's um, should be considered the same as with like a protest or a petition or anything else it's just one of many tools that people can use to try and win the kind of world that they want to see together um, the my other degree is in psychology and um the kind of like one of the issues then is that people um, we talk about this called clicktivism so people like they click they think that that's the end of what they need to do. It's, they think that they don't need to engage in like real spaces like this. It's it's very different to like, you know, be talking here in person, dedicating your time to this thing, actually seeing the other people that you're referencing, you're talking about in person. It's um, different when you're online, I guess, and you just see uh, avatars and you see likes and clicks, and it doesn't always translate as well. Like the government can very easily just ignore another petition, but it's more difficult to, I guess, ignore an institution of people, or like, you know, 10,000 protesters on the streets a lot more difficult?
1: It it actually translates significantly into the ballot box, which is where the politicians are most sensitive, and I think that's important. Look at what happens in elections. What do you see as the mechanism to change Section 128 of our Constitution to introduce citizens' referendum and voters veto?
2: Any other, <laughs> to convince our politician to allow that. <coughs> Yeah. Well, um build local, yeah, get our lo- local groups active. So if we're building these, if we want that kind of thing, you know, with the citizen initiative clauses that all those different movements had, you know, we can work with our local councils, build up our local kind of bill of rights around the place, you know, look at successful models like it in the US with CLDF and um you know, once we have a lot of success stories, move to the state level, move to the national level. But yeah, referendums are always very fraught and this seems like there's a lot that we want changed in the referendum at the moment, yeah.
1: In your slides, one said that the elected representatives have to listen to the will of the people. Um, I would have thought that was delegates rather than representatives, because we're supposed to be, have noble representation before the king. The Icelandic and the German pirate parties are using liquid proxy. Are you familiar with that? So it's you have uh, proxy voting so that you can move it at any time, right up until the moment that your elected representative votes. So you can change their policy right up until that point. Now, in, 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 internally in corporations, it's not hard to do. Uh, and in fact, it's not hard to do within the existing legal structure of Australia as well. It's a sort of idea that was behind the Greens, but at that time in their formation, but at that time it didn't exist as a technology. It now does, but they haven't... They ran out of funding to finish their app. but the software is there. There's actually two versions, and they are actually selling it to corporations. So if you're not convinced that it's worth looking into liquid democracy, less liquid
0: right. process. I was just wondering about your ideas when you're talking about people being disengaged. Like for example, obviously the examples of Iceland and so forth that are amazing. But then you like in Switzerland they've had referendums for years and they have really low voter turnout. And I just find a lot of you know I live in lots of places around Australia. A lot of people in my age groups and others. As soon as you bring up a lot of things about being directly engaged, they just switch off. Mm. Mm. It's a big problem, I think. I was wondering what... Even if you had these opportunities for people to be more engaged in deliberative democracy, how do you get them interested?
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, Well, I think a big part is people being able to see that something is coming of it, you know, and feeling like they're listening and there's really good outcomes um, in the community that they can view. Can you
0: speak up a bit?
2: Sorry. Yeah, so that there's really... um, that people I mean I don't really know this is just my idea but I feel like you know people feel like they would want to get engaged if they can see positive outcomes if they're um, you know voting so I'm not sure of the situation in Switzerland and the kinds of things they vote on but if they see the benefit in the community by the things that they uh, you know engaged in then um, yeah you can people can feel more engaged And I just yeah with the, these examples is that um, yeah so many people can get engaged, and, and it's not particularly difficult, especially when you have, you know, the uh, online platforms to have a voice. So it doesn't have to involve like weeks and weeks of work from everyone involved, and um, those who are interested in the decision can, you know, have a voice. Yeah.